Good morning and welcome. Patriot Radio News Hour. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. Our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. As if you didn't know already. The website at allamericangold.com. Well, Ramon just, he does such a good job. All great articles, videos, the news that you need to know. All available to you. Make it part of your daily routine at allamericangold.com. And, uh, again, another crazy day. Uh, The Dow, uh, which has had a, well, let's face it, let's call it what it is, pretty tough six weeks here, uh, was having a little bit of a rally this morning, and then it went away. And uh, the they just had one of the uh, Fed governors is out there talking, so they're they're waiting to see uh, what he has to say. Yesterday, remember yesterday, if you didn't catch yesterday's show, listen to the podcast. Big, big, big developments. Uh, we have an inverted yield curve. Uh, where the three-month note is now yielding more than the 10-year note. Uh, that has only happened six prior times since 1971. Uh, every one of those leads to recession. We talked about it uh, yesterday. The Chinese in their state-run uh, media yesterday with an announcement, and, and I didn't, you know, you don't know these things. You learn as you go here. Um, they made a statement yesterday that this the newspaper, which is their they're the mouthpiece for the Communist Party uh, in China, and they they made a statement that they've only made two other times in its history. The other two times was right before China went to war. And the statement says, don't say we didn't warn you. And, of course, this was China uh, delivering a message to the United States uh, yesterday. So make sure if you missed yesterday's show, uh, get onto the podcast uh, and keep yourself in the know uh, today, we got a lot of things to talk about. We had a revision to first quarter GDP, uh, revised the lower, all because of business uh, and profits. Profits weren't as good as they said. Uh, 3.1, uh, they still had all the fluff that they had before, uh, but 3.1 GDP uh, for the first quarter. Uh, right now, J.P. Morgan is saying 1%. GDP for the second quarter. We'll see. Pending home sales came out today. Now, pending home sales, uh, this was a April number. That means somebody actually signed a contract. Those will be homes that close in May and June. And more uh Early April closings would be May, later later would fall into June. But these this is going to let you know how May and June look. Uh, the trend continues. Those numbers uh, came in much weaker than expected. So pending home sales uh, 
uh, fell unexpected again unexpectedly to everybody uh, but me. Uh, home shoppers signed 1.5 percent fewer contracts to buy existing homes in April compared with March. You know, when you think about, you know, this was after the rates had started falling. Uh, pending home sales now down for the 16th straight month in a row. And, you know, the last time we saw a streak like this, that was the crash. I mean, we haven't seen a streak like this since the crash. And before that, I don't know if we ever saw it this long. Uh, This is indicative of future closings. The latest monthly figures show another decline in contract signings for mortgage applications. And, you know, they don't know why, right? They're getting a little upset. They're they're blaming uh, home, uh, home prices and the lack of available homes under $250,000. I got an idea. Lower the price. <laughs> right? There's Listen, there is, there's plenty of homes out there. There are. For a half a million dollars or more, plenty. Especially you want a home for a million dollars or more, tons of them out there. Are they really worth it? Apparently, uh, they're not. When we get back, we're going to talk about what got the bond market Rattled. What was it that they're worried about? We're going to break it down for you. I'm going to tell you all about uh, the, you know, we know there's been a massive explosion of debt. Right? The only place there hasn't been a massive explosion is housing because less Americans own homes. Other than that, we, we know about credit cards. We know about autos. We know about student loans. But that wasn't it. This time around, the bond market's not worried about consumer debt. They're worried about a different kind of debt. And I'll tell you all about it. And I'm going to use my favorite company. That's really not my favorite. Goldman Sachs. I'm going to use their book against them. Stay tuned. Don't touch that dot. So what's changed? The Federal Reserve, you know, after they they got their little spanking and got got sent to bed with no supper in December, they changed their tune and said, you know, no more rate hikes. We're going to take a break. And everybody seemed to be happy with that. And yet the 10-year note has gone from 32 Two five, which <laughs> when you think about history, this will be a t- even that number that is laughable. Uh, how low that is, all the way down to two point two in change. Let's just call it make it easy. We'll call it two two five. It's actually like right now I think it's two two three, but we'll say two two five. It's lost a whole point. By the way, in case you wanted to know, we are less than one point away from the all-time record low on a 10-year note, 137. Now, that was back when the Fed's funds rate was zero. 
And now today it's between two and a quarter and two and a half. And I think they're officially saying two, three, five. It, it doesn't matter. Now you have all the bonds, except the 30-year note yielding less than the Fed funds rate. So what gives? Right? We just I just told you, hey, there's a central bank guy talking right now. You know what he said? Oh, now, you know, uh, everything looks good. That's a lie. But yet that's what we allow now. We just allow them to come out and lie to us. It's obviously... It doesn't look good, because if it did, the yield curve wouldn't be inverted. And yet we continue to allow these bankers to insult our intelligence. So what is it that has them so nervous? PIMCO. So those of you that know PIMCO, they are a huge bond fund. Uh, my, my favorite guy, Jeffrey Gunlatch, he, he's the bond king. These guys are like the second biggest player in the bond market. They used to be the biggest. They're the second biggest player. Here's what they wrote. They issued a warning today. We have, the pro- we have probably the riskiest credit market that we have ever had. Excuse me? I mean, we remember the financial crisis, right? And and you're saying that it's worse than that. And let me tell you what he says. In terms of size, how much debt there is, the duration... Right, so you're look, you're looking at the uh, the payments, right? How much? Not only do we got a lot of debt, well, you got a lot of debt for a long time. The quality, I think you self-explanatory, right? This isn't the triple triple A rated debt, and the lack of liquidity. Very interesting. What's he talking about? You know, I talk about uh, the country's debt, right? And, and liquidity would be buyers, right? Hey, do we have enough people wanting to buy it? PIMCO added that the current situation compares risk to the mid-2000s Right, okay, the crash. Just before the global financial crisis. So they're saying, PIMCO is saying, we're back. We're back to right before the crisis. Now you think about the last crisis. They said it started with what? Mortgages, right? The liar loans. We all know the story. And that the cascading effect that it had. This time, though, they're not talking about mortgages. They're not talking about the student loans or the credit cards. What they're talking about is Wall Street. 
We see it. It's built up in corporate leverage. The decline of the credit quality. Right, so they're they're looking at the 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 Wall Street and the amount of borrowing that's been done. And everyone thinks it's great. Oh, so and so sold twenty billion dollars worth of of uh, stock today, or this, or you know, they 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 borrowed money. What they don't tell you is what kind of debt was it? We're talking triple A, double A. I mean, it was. Was it at least A? Maybe it was triple B plus? No. Double B, B? B minus? <laughs> By the way, when you get down to B minus, you're in trouble. They also noted, okay, so here's what they said. Businesses chock full of debt. Significantly leveraged. In other words, hey, they've maxed out. Because they want to keep telling you that they're doing a good job. Right? And they needed, if they didn't, if they weren't able to borrow the money, they were going to be done. Put it that way. So in other words, hey, man, they have, they have maxed, we've looked at their sales, we've looked at their, their, their expenses. Yeah, dude, they've maxed out the credit card. The decline in the quality of the credit. We're seeing a lot more money being lent out at the at the risky end of the credit sector. In other words, man, these are these, these companies uh, are are risky, but we're going to lend them the money anyway. Then they noted declining underwriting standards. Remember what they said about housing. Well, you know, everybody slapped AAA on it, and they didn't verify any of the incomes. They call it the liar loads, right? Oh, don't worry about it. We'll just fill in the blank. That's called underwriting standards. And now PIMCO saying, hey, we, we've started looking at this stuff. So think about why is the bond market being afraid? And when you turn on your idiot box, they don't explain it to you like this. It's actually, you know, when I read this to you, you got to be nodding and going, oh, huh, that actually makes sense. The bond market's worried, hey, we lent too much money. The, the companies we lend it to don't really have the ability to pay it back if there's any stumble at all. The quality isn't good. And oh, by the way, the underwriting may be worse. They said that this late cycle credit behavior that we began to see in 05 and 06 seems to be back, but this time, you guessed it, at Wall Street. 
One of the ways of visualizing what PIMCO was referring to is corporate debt to GDP. Okay, You know, when you think about it, that's an interesting way of looking at it. Right? We've got a GDP that's, you know, say $20 trillion. How much debt do these corporations have? And you know what's funny? And they got this chart here, and they show all these peaks in corporate debt to GDP. At every one of those peaks comes the valley, right? And we've been here now. This is the third time since the, what is it? And let me just expand this chart a little bit. The third time we've been here. Actually, I apologize. The fourth time since 1993. And this time is the worst. In other words, this is the highest corporate debt to GDP ever. And they highlight the last times it was the highest ever. Right? We had the recession for with George Bush, the older one, right? That led to Bill Clinton. The dot the dot com crash, right? From in two thousand, right? Two thousand one. We know about that one. Oh, then the one they just talked about, right? The the credit crisis, and this one started oh oh eight. Of course, we know it really started what in '05, but '08 it peaked out, and it crashed. And now, according to Pimco, we've taken out that one as well. Stocks have been slow to wake up to the realities. According again, this is all according to Pimco. I think that's what you're seeing now in the markets. Talking about the inverted yield curve. People are starting to come up with a more realistic outlook. Remember what I said yesterday. The bond market is what? They're the realist. right? This is where you go when you want to find out what the realists are thinking. Right, Wall Street is the optimist. The bond market is the real, the realist, and us gold bucks we're the pessimist, I guess. Right? People are starting to come to a more realistic outlook about the forward-looking growth prospects, as well as the power of central banks or the lack thereof. To pump up asset prices. And went on to say that they believe the S&P 500 has hundreds of more points of downside. So, and of course, S&P 500 about 2,700. But this is what happened. This is what the bond market saw. This is why the yield curve is inverted. Hey, we've taken a real hard look at this. 
and it doesn't look so good. Because those rosy numbers that you are talking about don't look like they're going to happen, and now we're going to have a problem. When we get back, I'm going to tell you what Goldman Sachs is trying to get people to believe. It's very, very interesting. We're going to take a look, and, and this is just one one company's loan book. right? We know all the big players out there, and Goldman's one of them. We're going to break it down, and then you can judge for yourself. How prepared do you really need to be? This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Mrs. Schlafly was a courageous and articulate voice for traditional values and common sense for more than 70 years. And now, from the archives of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, here is Phyllis Schlafly. Federal judges not only manifest an anti-religion bias, but also a bias to uphold power of the public schools to take an even more extreme anti-religion position than the Constitution could possibly require. Take, for example, what happened in the state of Washington. A senior high school orchestra was told to select a piece from its musical repertoire to be performed during graduation. The kids chose a piece by composer Franz Bebel called Ave Maria, which the students believed best showcased their talent and the skill of their work with wind instruments. The piece was to be performed as an orchestral work without any singing or words spoken. The piece the seniors selected was not one of the famous Schubert or Bach Ave Marias, but was a rather obscure piece that probably no one would recognize if it were performed without words. In one funny aspect of this case, a school administrator who had a doctor's degree and formal training in the matter of religion in public schools admitted that she did not know the meaning of the words Ave Maria, but had only a vague sense that the term had some religious origin. Well, nevertheless, the school forbade the students to play the piece they selected, claiming it might be an offense to the First Amendment. A federal court held against the students. Judge Robert Lasnik, who wrote the decision, was the same judge who had struck down a good Washington state law banning video games that demonstrated how to kill policemen. He wrote in that decision that violent video games are as much entitled to the protection of free speech as the best of literature. Now, his anti-religion decision would put the best of music off limits to public school performers. That means goodbye to many of the great works of Bach, Haydn, Handel, Beethoven, and Mozart. The school's decision was upheld by the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, and the U.S. Supreme Court refused to review the case. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Can activist judges be stopped, or will they continue to overturn laws with no regard for the Constitution or the will of the people? Connect with us at phyllisschlafly.com to hear alerts on rulings made by never-elected supremacist judges and to share your viewpoint. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Patriot Radio News Hour. I want to give you our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. Michael Leibowitz is the guy that put this together. This I did not do this research. I'm not qualified to do it. 
he is. Realinvestmentadvice.com First, I'm going to read you a quote. The biggest problem that most people have is that they read Wall Street research reports and they believe the hype. Now, you got to remember, these reports are written by a company that's getting paid paid by the company they're writing the research for. Just say it. Wall Street analysts are very, very, very easy to fool. They're generally parrots for whatever management tells them. And how many times have I said, I don't know who these experts are, <laughs> right? And I always tell you, listen, I'll tell you things, and I'll be like, and I know when I say that. You're, you're going to think I'm wrong for a while, but I'm always right. Well, not always. But I promise you this. I'm right way more than they would ever be. Because, number one, they're easily fooled. Number two, they just parrot. Number three, right, they get paid not to actually do the work. That's probably the most important thing. Because if they do the work, and it's bad, and then they come out and say bad things, what happens? Company says, hey, we no longer want your services. Thank you. In a recent research report from Goldman Sachs, okay, now I just told you what PIMCO said the problem is. Corporate debt to GDP is at a new all-time record high, and we've been here before. And I gave you the dates, right? right? This has happened, right? The Bush recession, this happened at the dot-com bubble. It happened again at the housing-slash-financial uh, bubble, right? And here we are again. Goldman Sachs underwrote 513 corporate debt issuances in 2018 okay they basically set up uh, for corporate you know Wall Street to borrow money how much 94.5 billion dollars so you think Goldman's about what one of ten the ten big guys <laughs> you you start really man that's a trillion dollars Right, and they're doing this year after year after year after year, right? I mean, you think about national debt's a trillion, uh, you know, uh, going to be over a trillion dollars this year. They made just a little bit on that four hundred and fifty-three point six million dollars for their efforts. And another one that's kind of right. What do they do? They get paid to make these these loans. And you think about what Pimco said: the credit quality is not so good. The underwriting standards, they're not great either, right? That's thats what we're talking about. So they wrote a paper, see, because Goldman Sachs and all these other banks, they, they got the same research. They know what the chart looks like. 
Matter of fact, here's what's so funny is Goldman uses a chart uh, very I- almost identical to the one I just shared with you from PIMCO. But here's what they wrote. They wrote a paper. Corporate debt is not too high by Goldman Sachs. <laughs> now, I just, I just said to you, hey, guess what? We've been here at the same thing. Like This is the fourth time in a row. And we know what happens. And matter of fact, by the way, if you take the six times the yield curve's inverted, every single one of those times, corporate debt to GDP hit a, hit, was at a, uh, an all-time high. Now, the first couple of times were like in the 80s, so the, the numbers were far lower. But the same effect. But yet now somehow Goldman Sachs, oh, no, 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 no. Don't you worry. What else are they going to say? They're the ones giving out the money. So here's how they argued it. This is why it's not. Okay, so remember, the bond market's the realist. Wall Street, they're the super optimistic guys. Here's their arguments. The corporate debt remains below the 01 peak of shares of corporate cash flow compared to corporate assets okay now that's what they that's argument number 1 a little different assessment not not debt to gdp but they said we haven't hit that one yet so that would, uh, that's our argument number one. Number two, lower interest rates, right? That's one of the ones that they keep telling you about on TV. Oh, it's okay because rates are lower. doesn't matter how low they are. Rates can be zero. Rates can be negative. If you can't pay it, you can't pay it, right? I, I, that's not a great argument, but okay. Corporate debt, number three, corporate debt in aggregate has a longer maturity. Therefore, it reduces the risk. Does it? Kind of, you heard what PIMCO said, right? Hey, you're already way stretched out just so they can make the payment. Right, yeah, they're, 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 it's at the max maturity levels, right, to try to keep the payments down. It's actually more risky. Who do you believe? Number four, this is the last argument. The corporate sector runs a financial surplus, which implies that capital expenditures are less dependent on external financing and less vulnerable to a profit squeeze. See? It's fine. Well, if you take out just a few companies and you know the ones, that argument doesn't hold water either. We'll take a look at those four reasons when we return. 800-951-0592. Pedro Radio News Hour, gold's up 6, uh, 1,286, 87, 1,286 and change, 
Silver is up about eight cents at fourteen dollars and fifty cents. Uh, Wall Street uh, trying to stay in positive territory, pretty much uh, flat. Wall Street flat. Uh, gold and silver up again. So I told you why the yield curve is as inverted. The bond market's like mm, these loans don't look so good. Not with the growth that we think we're going to get. Then I told you what Goldman Sachs said, ah, oh, don't worry. And they gave you four reasons. Reason number one is they said, well, we haven't hit the old one peak as to debt to cash flow. Well, let me tell you about that. They're right. That, that is true. Barely. But it's true. Barely. But I also want to let you know what Goldman Sachs didn't tell you. Outside of the dot-com crash, where we sit today is the second highest level since they've been keeping track. You know how long they've been keeping track of this number? Since 1952. So is that a comfort to you? Oh, we haven't hit that one. No, we, we, we're past every other one, though. All the way back to 1952. I don't think that's such a good thing. And remember the word I used, we're barely under that one. Then they talked about, well, you know, rates are lower now. So it, it's not so bad. Well, maybe that's true, but leverage is still leverage. Yes, interest rates are abnormally low, but they continue to, to be in an ongoing benefit uh, to corporations is now in question. Because they now say, hey, yeah, they're low, but these guys are maxed out anyway. It doesn't matter. Right? The, the stable cash flow has now reached that inflection point where uh, they're maxed out. And is it better or worse that they're maxed out at this abnormally low rate? That's not good. Corporate debt has a longer maturity date. That was their third argument, remember? That is true. But let me give you some numbers. Right now, in well, let's go to 1985. In 1985, half of all corporate debt, half of it, was in what we call short-term debt. In other words, they had to repay it. Half of the debt had to be repaid in, in, in a few years. And the other half was longer-term, longer-maturing uh, debt. Corporate debt in 1985 was 1.5 trillion. Short-term debt, 750 billion. Today, corporate debt outstanding, 10 trillion dollars. How much is if it's due in the short term? Three trillion. By the way, both of those are records. 10 trillion all-time record high. Three trillion short-term maturity, all-time record high. Goldman Sachs doesn't tell you that part either. 
And last but not least, the infamous financial surplus that they brag about. Do you know that corporate financial surplus, even with the tax cuts, has been falling every year since 2011? And what PIMCO says is uh, we're in negative territory starting now. Matter of fact, the revision to GDP, fourth quarter GDP, it went from 3.2 to 3.1 because of that quote-unquote surplus uh, didn't, wasn't a surplus. You need to be aware. Is it any wonder uh, Thomas Kaplan came out yesterday? He's the chief investment officer of Electrum Group. Says, get ready for the next decade of gold runs. Saying that gold prices could rally as high as $5,000. He gave his downside too. You ready? 100 bucks. He owes, that's how I see it. Maximum downside to gold, $100. Maximum upside, $4,000. I'd say it's time a good time to start adding. Uh, he wasn't the only one. Ray Dalio, one of my favorites. He just announced, I love gold. I'm adding to my position all through 2018 and end the first quarter of 2019. David Ihorn, you may know him from Greenlight Capital, re re reiterated his positive sentiments for gold. I hold gold. I'm never going to get rid of it. I hope I never have to use it. And listen, remember what gold is. It's insurance. Right? You hold it as insurance. And and he's right. Ihorn's right. And you hope you have, never have to use it. I talked about Jeffrey Gunlotch. I talk about him all the time. He just came out. I love gold. I've owned it since it was trading at $300. And I think Kaplan's got a great point because he talks about the cycles of gold. You know, gold had a cycle from 01 to 2011. Now it's had a down cycle now from 2011, right? Now we're in 2019. He says, get ready. The next leg up in this bull market is in the next is, is the next 10 years. Got a great special for you when we get back. Patriot Radio News Hour, don't touch that dial. Final segment here on this Thursday. Gold's up six, twelve eighty-six. Silver uh, higher as well today, uh, fourteen dollars and forty-nine cents. Uh, the Dow's up about seventy now, as Vice Chairman Federal Reserve Richard Clarida. He's a moron. He was the old San Francisco Fed guy. He's the number two guy at the Fed. Uh, just came out and told. A bunch of lies. Well, he didn't tell a bunch of lies, but here's what he said. He said that if incoming data were to show a persistent shortfall in inflation, we'll cut rates. Um, that's a lie. According to your BS inflation thing, we've had it 
almost 11 years of inflation of less than 2%. Here's what he really meant to say. Hey, uh, if we get into trouble here, we're going to start cutting rates. Yeah, that's a, a lot different. It has nothing to do with inflation. Don't be fooled. Uh, yesterday, we ran those AU $5 lips. There's 11 of them left. Gold's up again, not changing the price. They were 370 AU lips. That was the same price as a five dollar, a regular five dollar lib, and, and gold jumped up while I've been on the air. So gold, when I got on the air, was was flat. Now it's up six bucks. So uh, prices are going to go up. But three seventy, I only got eleven of those AU fives at three seventy. I've got a hundred circulated our regular our ten dollar liberty. So the AU fives. Right, those are the quarter ounce. Those are at three seventy. There's only eleven. I've got a hundred of our regular uh, raw ten dollar liberties. Those are the half ounces. You're gonna save ten bucks to throw on those six eighty five on the ten dollar libs, three seventy on those AU fives, and today is the last day. Silver's uh, back above, back at fourteen fifty. The last day for Silver Eagles. I've been running them on sale for the last week or so at three hundred and sixty bucks. U.S. Silver Eagles three sixty. AU five lips. There's only eleven. If you buy, I'll tell you what. I get a guy to come in and just say I'll buy all the remaining AU five libs. I'll do them at three sixty five. Give you an even better deal. And then the ten dollar libs six eighty five. At 800-951-0592. And remember, we are our own sponsor, right? This keeps us on the air. This keeps us doing what we're doing. This helps us run the radio station. We appreciate all the support. I mean, this is year, what? I don't even know how to, I I can't even count this high anymore. Uh, Year (laughs) 20-something. I think it's 23 Year 23 for us here at Patriot Trading Group, uh, all sponsored by you, our listeners, by simply ordering our products and our prices are the best. If you're a brand-new customer, don't worry. Just call us up and say you want the special. Arlene will handle the rest with you. We're the easiest company to do business with out there. 800-951-0592. Patriot Radio News Hour. Got one more show tomorrow. Got two more hours left. Turn over to 1360 and follow us there. 